to the second of the first two episodes of the Coastline Covenant podcast. In this episode, I talk to Sean and Garrick about the story of how we got to Coastline. We discuss the things we're excited about. We discuss all of our gifts and talents and how we anticipate them helping Coastline. We talk about how awesome the Coastline family is, and we talk about all of the names that we were going to choose for Coastline that we didn't choose. So it's a fun conversation. Uh, really, really enjoy talking to those guys, and make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We drop new episodes every Thursday morning, and make sure you are heading to St. Andrews this Sunday, 4 and 6, for our launch. We are so excited. Uh, enjoy. Hope you, uh, hope you get some out of this. Welcome. Uh, this is something, like I said, I've really wanted to do for a long time. And I've been really excited about the idea of starting a podcast. And uh, I don't know if I've shared with you guys, it's kind of keeping the Tuesday lives alive, mm -hmm. the spirit of midweek connection, mm -hmm. having thoughtful conversations. Um, and this is a huge week for Coastline because we are launching. So we're recording this on Wednesday. This comes out Thursday. We are launching weekly meetings as a church this coming Sunday. And talk to Rochelle and Michael. Now I'm talking to the other two, uh, Sean and remind me your name one more time. Matthew Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Sean and Garrett about... Yeah. Or Derek. <laughs> Derek. Is yeah. it Derek or Garrett Moore? Uh, it is usually Garrett. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty... I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's not a very common name either. Anyway, all anyway. I have to say. I'm here to, to mix up Garrick with Garrett. Yeah. Really shows that you weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But we're, we're here, and I, I talked to, you know, uh, Rochelle and Michael earlier about what we're excited about, the hopes and dreams, and also just kind of like the story of how we got here. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a really unique perspective, and I think you two are going to have a very unique perspective that people are really excited to hear about. Um, and so as we're looking forward, I wanted us to take some time to look back. We posted that video on Instagram, kind of looking back and saying, here's where we've been, here's mm -hmm. where God has been so faithful. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about hopes, excitements, giftings, calling, but I want to start with the question that I think a lot of people are asking is, how did we get here, right? Like, what's the story of Coastline? And I, I, I think a lot of us know kind of the, the planting concept and, and all that stuff. But let's talk about, like, specifically St. Andrew's this Sunday. Like, how did we get here in this particular season? Yeah, man. Boy, there's just so much that could be said, right? Y yeah. When you really think about it. Um, I'll let you start. You'll figure out where to start. Yeah, that is, that is just the challenge. Um, and, and Hunter, I'll, I'll start here, and then you could redirect as much as you need to. But, I mean, Coastline, before it becomes a yes, it really starts with a no, right? It mm. comes with, um, you know, Garrick and I leading these services for, I don't know, 10 years together. And seeing God do really cool things and wanting to see that kind of be a part of, you know, moving forward over at Rolling Hills and uh, an opening in the senior pastor job, which I pursued and, and received a no to, which was definitely... Um, life-changing for me, um, but really had every intention of kind of hanging in there and trying to help the next guy succeed. Uh, that's really where my heart was. That's where my focus was. And yet everybody just kept telling me what a bad idea that was, that that was not going to work out or be a good thing. Um, and it just took a little while for that to settle in. I think Garrick was ready to, mm -hmm. to consider some new avenues a lot sooner than I was. Um, but it became this overall push from so many people of, why don't you consider planning a church? Why don't you consider planning a church? And it uh, it just took probably me a lot longer to get there, um, where I think Eric saw it pretty clearly. Yeah, I think for me, 
kind of born out of the same uh, situation just a little bit earlier in the sense of really feeling called even 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 for me I can kind of trace the roots back to my first sabbatical um, which would have been 2011 I really felt like the Lord was calling me to help lead in a church environment and context where there was more room given to the Holy Spirit and leading and following the Holy Spirit and doing relationships well. Um, and so wanting to do that and then um, in the last couple of years finding that passion and conviction and calling, um, struggling to find um, good places of life and survival. And so I think... You know, Sean said the, the yes started with a no. For me, the, the yes to the call really was born out of kind of a, a long season of uh, trying and just feeling frustrated, like the context wasn't a great fit um, and, and things the Lord had kind of laid on my heart, um, which led to, um, I guess, you know, as, as things happened with Sean and, and pursuing the senior pastor and, and them going in a different direction, um, and then all of the kind of frustration uh, that I was living in with, with sensing my call and where does my call uh, live out in a, in a vibrant way for the sake of the kingdom and, and God's missional call. Um, that's kind of what led me to this conversation of, hey, it seems to me, I know neither of us are natural church planters. Mm-hmm. None of, neither of us went like, oh, I see church planting in my future and I want to go to church planting training and... Um, but really felt a sense of, boy, I've got these deep-seated convictions of word and spirit together. I've got a deep-seated conviction of a place that you lead, um, and it's led and felt relationally more than kind of policy and procedure, Um, and that's harder to do in a large church context. And so those were some of the antecedents for me that kind of, you know, I think the Lord was using to prepare my heart in having something new for us that wasn't a a normal fit or a natural fit or something that we had been dreaming about, but I think in its unique context in this season, um, with every step, it made more and more sense. And then I think as we talk about God's faithfulness, you're going to hear more just like, um, I feel like Sean and I and the whole rest of the team are on a journey of um, kind of the Lord unearthing, and we're like, oh, okay, now we're supposed to be doing this and focused on this. And so it's very much a God's hand in the midst of it. So that was like all one month, basically, right? <laughs> like, seriously, it was like a no, and then kind of led to this, and you said yes, and then Michael and I jump on, and we have that meeting in the uh, North campus, like underground bunker, basically, where we're like trying to think of names and we can't think of names. And then we're like trying to figure out Christmas Eve. And then we start and we're doing lives and then we get a building and now we're here. Yeah. And that's not like a normal church planting trajectory, right? Yeah. Like we, we've been really, really blessed. And Michael said it the best, you know, the story of Coastline beyond the pain, beyond the frustration and beyond anything is the story of God's faithfulness. Amen. Um, and in this pre-launch phase, you know, before we've done weekly meetings at this point, I, I want to ask you guys, what's a specific moment of God's faithfulness that you can like name or like call out and say, oh man, that is when I really saw God being faithful. And I think we have them every week, whether it's with giving or attendance or people saying, hey, I'm coming. 
But but what about just like a big moment or maybe even a little moment of God's faithfulness that if someone were to ask you, where have you seen it, you would point to this specific moment? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna point to two in the early days that were personal for me. Um, and then I'm sure Garrick's got some ideas too that he could pick up on. One of them just goes back even to what we were just talking about, about the sense of kind of calling. It was me coming to terms with leaving one place and embracing another, and I didn't know how to do it um, because I still... I, I had seen my life going one direction, and I remember Steve Bunyard telling me um, in a conversation, and, and one of the annoying things about me is that if you, you can rarely talk me into anything, um, it's people would say, like, if you don't know what to do, you should go pray about it, and that usually doesn't get me there. If you can give me a Bible verse to kind of uh, walk me through something, I'm going to change my mind really fast. And for Steve, he said, Sean, I know your heart was for um, to be the senior pastor of this church, but you know Paul's heart was for the Jews, too. And yet God's call for him was to the Gentiles. And ultimately, as much as Paul tried to minister to the Jews, um, it only went poorly for him when he tried because his call was someplace else. And he said, Sean, I think maybe your call isn't towards Rolling Hills. It is towards someplace else, just like Paul's was to the Gentiles. And for me, that was the first pivot point in this thing where I could begin to move towards Coastline. And I've held on to that story through everything that we've been through because that was the first time that something made the Bible made sense of my experience mm. and it made sense of what I was doing. And it's from that moment that my excitement and enthusiasm started to grow. And even it's, it's like an up and down kind of roller coaster, right? It's like there's good days, bad days, hard days. But that, that moment is a pivot point for me. And, and it was huge. And the second one was uh, being at a very bad CBM, a very bad congregational business meeting. And uh, Garrick went up there and spoke and and just crushed it. Like, he was so good um, in that moment. And in that moment, he was a real advocate for me. And I had thought, like, our paths were going to cross. I, or we're going to separate. I thought that it was the end of our ministry together. I thought that really it was um, he was going to go do his thing, go become his own pastor and do something in the covenant. And I was going to stay at Rolling Hills and be an executive of some kind. That's where I thought. But when I heard him speak, I was like, oh, no, no, this thing's not done. Mm. We're, we're still going to do this thing together. And that became, for me, the foundation and the first big mo- mo- moments of movement with Coastline. And it's become the thing that I've held on to the most, which is that Garrick and I have something special together that when we do ministry, God moves. It's mm. just the unique chemistry that we have um, in our differences and in the way that we work together. And it's the way that I've processed my own call into Coastline. So yeah. that's that's probably from the early days. I'm sure Garrett's got some other ones, but that's yeah. it for me. Wow. Wow. I, I'm not sure I knew, Sean, how... how uh, I knew it was a powerful moment. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I think, realize how deep deep it ran. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'd like to... Yeah, there's a lot to say. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I'd like to talk about how we got the name Coastline. Because I think it's it's really important because it's I think it's it's indicative of... <laughs> how I see Coastline's leadership and, and kind of what we're striving for. Before before you do, can we just maybe throw out two or three of the names? Like, this is exclusive hot goss. <laughs> like, oh, we, yeah. I don't know if we've ever really, like, publicly mm-hmm. said what the church was going to be called. Yeah. So for you podcast listeners, there was talk of Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Foundation Covenant. Which was my favorite. I liked Foundation Covenant, but every, particularly every woman I pitched it to said it sounded like a gym. I, yeah, <laughs> I was deeply connected to Foundation. It we was, all were. Yeah. I really thought it was We it. found a verse that was like, this is it. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. I was not deeply connected to no. Foundation. What was your favorite? What was yours? Uh, I think I still liked Home Covenant. Home Covenant. Yeah. 
before we grabbed the the family language. And I think for yeah. Sean and others, it felt like a real estate brokerage or something. Yeah. Or we're going to do homegrown. Which my yeah. big qualm on that one is it sounded like a dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Graceland. Graceland. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Graceland, oh, but yeah. <laughs> you know how you get an idea and you're like yeah. in love with it and then you get away from it for a month and you're like, that was a horrible idea. But then we had one that was only on the table for like a minute because it's right at the decision point, but it was like Mercy City or something like that. Maybe something, Mercy, something Mercy city, city, something town. Something it, it that was, was like Graceland became Mercy City. Thunder Road. Yeah. It was, it was a Bruce Springsteen album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fitting for who we are in the South Bay. We had all these ideas, and every time we went to vote on it, the room was like split like yeah. Two, yeah. two, 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 between yeah. like all the wives and all the pastors. Yeah, we, it, was, yeah. it was not unanimous until. No, yeah. So let me, I was just going to set the scene. So we have eight of us, right? Like four staffs and spouses all trying to come up with a name and we're split down the middle on basically two. And this is why I wanted to share the story because I think it pushed us away from each other's first choice and into a third choice that felt in the moment like, oh, I guess we have to settle right. for the sake of doing something together. Like I don't get what I want. You don't get what you want. So now we've got option number three, which is like everybody in the moment kind of felt like, Okay. We kind of like split the difference a little bit. Yeah. Split the baby. Yeah. And so it, it in the next day we had a conversation with the covenant and the covenant didn't know where we had landed and they had a direction that they really wanted to encourage. And it was our name Coastline. They really loved it for a lot of different reasons. And when so when we told them like, yeah, that's where we landed, they were really excited because um, I think they were getting ready to try to kind of talk us down of some other I, uh, our other ideas. And then by the, the following day, I felt like it just grew on myself. It grew on Sean. It grew on you and oh, yeah. everybody involved. And like three, four days later, like here we are rolling at Coastline. And then, you know, the, I think shortly after, it felt like shortly days. after the... It was days after. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the St. Andrew's piece came into play. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just felt like God's hand is in this. And I, I share that story because I think it is a good foundational experience of the, the start of the whole church and ministry that speaks to the ethos of who we are and what it is we're trying to create as we move forward, right? Like this idea of being fully family, we, we lived into that value even before we had fully fleshed out that value. And I thought that was kind of a, a work of the Lord to give us an experience of the value and principle that we see in Scripture that we were, we were learning to live into. But if you're looking to plant a church and you don't know what to name it, can I strongly recommend <laughs> Foundation 2? It's a really good name, and it's going to be great for your church. Yeah, if your church is attached to a CrossFit gym. <laughs> then you're gonna absolutely even more so sure. <laughs> even more sure. so yeah we need to get a gym for coastline i just it just came to me in a vision <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't think so i don't think so either we don't even have a building no. how are we gonna get a gym there's guys who already are doing that and they do it great yeah i don't know if that's us that's yeah. not us that's, that's not what us. we do great can i share one other story please so easter yeah I was it was say. easter was what april 6th if i remember correctly um, survey says around then yeah i'll check check for me april 3rd april 6th one of the two um anyway one of the coolest moments for Fourth. me where i knew wow i was okay i split the middle um showing up a little bit early but we had gotten into peninsula early 
And so I showed up. I think the gates were supposed to open at 8.30. I showed up at 8.25. Gates opened at 8. And by the time I walked in at 8.25, there were like 40 people just doing stuff and making stuff happen, getting us ready for the service. And that's when I knew like, oh, okay, the Lord is moving in, in this, right? And you'll probably hear me say this over and over again, but you know, I think a church and its success in God's missional call has more to do with the hearts of the people than it does the pastoral staff. And just seeing like people are engaged, involved, excited, and serving, I knew like, okay, the Lord has plans and the Lord is in this. And so seeing his hand at work in the midst of the body, uh, it was just a cool moment that continues to be lived out time and time again in different little scenarios that just continues to overwhelm me. I described it in my conversation with Rochelle and Michael. You know, I was in a band in high school and your friends come to all your shows Mm -hmm. and then you meet someone who just like heard you on MySpace. Yeah. And you're like, wait, how, what, what? This is so Easter for me, that was my answer of like, it was tracking with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the enthusiasm, you know, the enthusiasm was so high. People were so excited. And um, I would say more so even than we were in the moment. Like we were still processing it, coming to terms with it, like still. And people were like at 10, at level 10. And I was like, wow, this is incredible seeing where it's going and seeing how God's already moving in people's hearts for it. I kind of feel like that's been the whole narrative of Coastline. Like we've had people uh, (laughs) who have been so excited, like they've been revved up and ready to go. Um, And I just, I think it's incredible how capable our community has been. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the best leaders are the best servants. And, you know, there are five of us leading it, but we're really not doing much compared to how many people are actually stepping up and so capable of leading this thing. And that, and that's another huge piece of faithfulness. Like the coastline family is strong and it is capable and it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but one of the things that has struck me is, um, in all of the other ministry that I've done, we have worked extremely hard for every piece of spiritual fruit that we've seen. Mm. Just long days, intense days, deep study, grinding for every little moment of, of seeing the spirit move. And at Coastline, <laughs> the crazy thing has been before we could even begin to do anything, God began to move. Yeah. And there was this harvest before we could even put the first amount of effort in. Right. And it's the first time in my life where it's like, we can't even keep up with the fruit. And we <laughs> haven't even, there's not a thing I could say of like, well, we worked hard for that. It's just, it is all spirit and it's so not us, which is totally disorienting. And that's what I've told people. It feels way more like it's their church or like it's God's church than it's my church hmm. because it's not at all by our efforts yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. And I think I'd also add something that I've been reflecting on. And we, and we all know this, you know, the, the fr- God controls when and where and how the fruit is mm-hmm. grown and seen, right? Like our call is to be faithful. He controls the fruit. And I feel like some of the fruit that is being reaped at Coastline, not all of it, but in part has to do with the longevity of, I think, faithful service and ministry that the team had provided previously to many people who call Coastline home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we can't underestimate that. And I think it's important to remind people who are, you know, doing the daily grind at their work, in their home, um, just to recognize, like, you don't immediately see fruit, but the the fruit that you're going to see 
if you're faithful over the long term, will be greater than you expect. It yeah. just won't come in the time or the season that you expect it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So looking ahead now, what are you most excited about for weekly meetings? Dude, I am just so excited for a rhythm and to be able to slowly build on what we do each week mm-hmm. and to really shape culture, to shape a heart towards worship, to go deeper into the word. Um, I'm just excited for all of those things. What we have been doing has been about training our people and about giving people spiritual sustenance for the kind of in-between. But I'm really looking forward to what we are able to build kind of in community as this thing starts. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to the consistency as well. I think just corporate worship means so much to me in my spiritual walk that I'm longing to have that consistency um, with the corporate body worshiping together. Um, I'm excited to see what Michael and team are going to continue to do and build and create. Um, I love to see the body gathered. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm actually really excited about what we can do on some, like just thinking about the patio at St. Andrews, like what is going to happen on that patio to connect people. And I'm kind of excited about what stories are we going to hear three years from now? Someone who connected to Coastline, who God is in the process of growing and shaping because some kind of connection happened out on that patio. Like, I'm just super pumped about that. Um, And then I'm also, I think, I'm excited about us learning how to continue to release people for ministry. Um, And then also a big part of my efforts in prayer life lately Um, has been, how does Coastline become a place of new life? Like, I really, I'm excited about the possibility of Coastline being able to reach in places that maybe wouldn't have been reached if we weren't here, and what the Lord might do to to bring somebody to this great, great faith in Christ. It's just like, it's just crazy to think about how much investing we've done, and we don't even know what the fruit's going to be yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's the most exciting part to me. Just see what's going to happen, see what it's going to look like, see what it's going to be. You know, we come from a place that was a system, and you know, there were things in place in the system to produce certain results. We don't have yet yeah. either of those things yet, <laughs> like with copiers and telephones, yes, and yes. trash cans, yes, and janitorial services, yeah, and card stock, staples, yeah. Yeah. yeah, stamps. Yeah, little less people who could make sound systems work yeah. and super whole, yeah. gifted, talented people to help the system produce good results. And what I'm just so excited for is for us to start thinking about ways to do that. Yeah. That that's really gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. Um I want you know, each of you guys to think about the answer to this and then obviously answer it. Your specific gifts and talents, you know, maybe less of your sense of call and more of like who God has programmed you to be. How do you see those gifts and talents uh, intersecting with the season we're about to enter in, in Coastline? And, and how do you see it being super successful? Yeah, you, you know, uh, sometimes it gets said that, um, like, my gifts are vision and leadership, mm-hmm. which, which they probably are in some way. Really, where I see them come to life is in problem solving. Like, that's where my gifts kind of shine the most. Mm-hmm. So if there's a problem, if you bring me a problem, I... I love to work on the solution. That gets me really excited for Coastline, where there's so many things we just have to figure out. And I can't wait to be a part of just with a group of people figuring those things out. And I just want to preach. You know, I'm used to preaching 40 times a year, 
and I preached uh, maybe four times in the <laughs> last year. So I cannot wait to get into an Old Testament book that nobody knows or cares about and to uh, dive in and uh, nerd out. I just want to do those things too. I miss doing that kind of stuff. So you're going on record and saying that there are books of the Bible that people don't care about. Oh, well, yeah. There's books in the Bible that people don't okay. even know they exist. You said it. They don't even know that This is where partnership works out so well. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes I pull Sean out of like, I know you really want to study this, but you are the only one. Yeah. Oh, no. So let's... let's uh... No, the whole counsel of God, baby. Let's get into those books. There's, there's deep things from God hidden in there. Let's go get them. What's your like nerdiest thing you want to preach? Like, I... You've never been able to preach. I've told you this. I really want to do the book of Esther. Oh. I really want to do the book of Esther. I really want to talk about God's sovereignty in hidden things. I really want to do that. I really want to do a thing on Proverbs. Mm. I've got like a 10-week thing on Proverbs done. Um, those are the things, the Old Testament books that are kind of kicking around in my head that I would love to get after. Nice. Proverbs isn't super obscure. It's so hard. It's the hardest book I've ever yeah. preached. Just like Which tweets. is why I want to go do it again. Yeah, just because little. it's like preaching like fortune cookie, like like <laughs> fortunes. Like, do a sermon on this sentence. It's yeah. incredibly challenging. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What about you, Gary? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm having a hard time really collecting my thoughts to answer this one well and succinctly. So, so you're just not going to? Well, no, I'll I'll, I'll give it a give it a shot. I just I don't know if I'm really like the direction I'm headed, but <laughs> I I think. Um, I do think some some of my strengths have to do obviously with shepherding and connecting with people, uh, which is part of what you have to do when you're building something new. Um, unfortunately, this has been a heavy season of like trying to build systems because there's no systems anywhere. Um, but I'm excited to as we build, it gives more and more time and reason for that relational engagement and connection. And I think I'm. Uh, most excited about that. I do think I have some gifts of exhortation and encouragement that get utilized and need to get utilized as we continue to release people for ministry. As we think about the priesthood of all believers and and flip our ministry framework to say, it's not about what the five of us can accomplish. It's about how the five of us can release more and more people mm -hmm. for God's kingdom work. Um, I think that gift of exhortation and encouragement come into play. Um, and I do love casting a vision and getting people excited about that vision, particularly when it wraps around, you know, connecting with others and, and living a life that's relationally engaged with other people. So I think those are the, the places that you're going to see that. Um, and then just my, my willingness probably to step out and, I don't know, make a fool of myself <laughs> if need be, if I feel like the Spirit's leading in a direction. How do we teach people um, to pay attention to the direction of the word and the direction of the spirit um, together. You mentioned a couple times now about this concept of like releasing people for ministry. Is this something new for you in like terms of like church and ministry of like releasing people? And and if this is new, like was this a hard thing or is this a hard thing for you to wrap your head around or is this something like you feel like it's easy and we should have been doing this a long time ago? Like I'd like to just hear you articulate that a little bit. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say that we weren't doing it in the past, right? It's just, it's a whole new landscape when you're building a brand new church. Right. Right? Um, And part of that is just necessity. I think that's the great value of when you're starting something from scratch, there's not already a predetermined, these people know how to do this, or these are the people you go to. So there's a lot of exploration as to like, this needs to get done, who's willing to step up? Um, And I think there is a mindset difference too, where your goal isn't so much about excellence as it is about empowering, right? And, and I think, so that's a mind switch for me, and it has been, um, and will continue to, I, I think, continue to, to be, like, be like, okay, the greater value is not that we're going to do this amazingly well out of the gate, but that someone is passionate, and they're going after it, and it's a way that God's going to grow them. So, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like the ministry context we all kind of came from and how releasing people, I think, is the goal. But I think there's a little bit of ego that comes into ministry Mm -hmm. where we feel like we should be the ones to do it. Has that been something that you guys have been wrestling with at all? Or is that just something that I'm wrestling with? I just think it's how I I think it's the end result of things that of churches that have been around for a while. Hmm. You know, I, I mean, the great stories about Rolling Hills are the people who are running electrical like on their weekends or in the evenings, you know, people who are coming out on work days to paint the church. Like that whole place is started by people who are giving their lives. And yet over the course of time, it grows, programs become established and people who did it as volunteers get hired and then it, it kind of becomes institutionalized. I just think it's a challenge. But I think the heart of the gospel is for us, you know, this is why God has given pastors, apostles to equip the saints for good works that God has prepared in advance for them to do. Our literal job, Garrick and I, Hunters, your job is to train and equip people to do the ministry themselves. Hmm. That is our primary job. And you can lose that when you start to be a part of a bigger institutionalized church, and that's not good or bad, it's just normal. It's what happens. But it's just what happens. Um, and I think the fun part for us right now is we have no choice but to hand over ministry yeah. to people because if they don't step up and do it, it's not going to get done and this thing's going to crash. Yeah. So we desperately need people right now, and it's fun watching them take risks because then their faith grows, they feel ownership and excitement, and then God begins to stretch them, and maturity happens. So yeah. it's such a fun phase. Yeah, and Hunter, I think you're the only one that struggles with ego. So, Thanks, you man. know, let's, let's point that out. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> no, Appreciate I think that's a good, good I, I wanted to highlight that in a humorous way, but I, I, I think that that well, is mission accomplished. <laughs> I think that's true for, for everybody, right? Like you have to recognize that this ministry that you're building or creating, whatever it might be, you know, anything from how you're going to do outreach to parking or how you do your services to, to go, this is about the Lord and not about me. And how do I steward this thing? Right. And, and being willing to say, OK, and, and with that becomes eyes to see um, individuals that maybe you wouldn't normally see. Right. Right. I think that's a big piece of what you learn in Scripture of like if the Lord is always looking and knowing the heart and we're always kind of only looking at the exterior because our our scope and perspective is limited then how do we look beyond and mm-hmm. open a door to say that wouldn't be something I wouldn't have pegged that person to ask right. them to do this. But I think the Lord surprises. And I think that's part of the joy of the gospel. And I, I just wonder how often was 
a disciple surprised by another disciple, right? Because I can't say Jesus was surprised. That's but good. like, I'm wondering, like, as you think about the 12, like how many of them are like Peter looking at Matthew going, oh my gosh, I didn't know that he could pull that off. Yeah. I didn't know that he could write such a great, you know, gospel or something like that, right? So I just, I think that there's a, a reality of, opening our perspective and saying, God is probably going to call and gift some people that would never be on my radar. How do I become aware of that? That's great. What a fun thought experiment that I bet we could do an hour on what disciples or apostles were surprised by each other. (laughs) Like like, this this Luke guy is so smart. You should read his book. There's whole (laughs) ministries at Coastline that will exist in 10 years that don't exist now that we never would have started or would have anticipated but somebody had a gift to do it, and the God poured out his spirit on them to do the work, and it becomes a key part of our DNA and identity. Yeah. We just and, don't know what that's going to be yet. Yeah. yeah, and I would even say, like, we keep talking, we're talking about, Hunter, about the ideal. Right. Right? Like, I'm sure there are some people who are going to listen to this being like, I threw out an idea, and it, like, went nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, or I wasn't supported, or no one grabbed a hold of it. And um, I'm sure that's happening, too. You know, give us grace if that's your experience. And, yeah. The reality is, I think, where you began. Like, it's yeah. something we are learning because I think it, I think part of it, it'd be easy for all five of us to kind of go back into the mode of like, this needs to get done, so I'm going to do it. Yes. Instead of my first thought being like, this needs to get done, mm-hmm. who can I empower to do this? Yes. Which is like a thing we have to remind each other about yes. yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it's good. That, that's a good thing to name. Yeah. just that. I really like that a lot. That's good. Okay, last question. What are your hopes for Coastline Covenant Church? You know, um, we we say this a lot. I just want it to feel like a family. That's what I want to feel like. Like that feel really matters to me. That there is generations who feel loved and seen and cared for and valued and heard and yet not catered to. Because in the family, we don't necessarily cater towards one or the other. You know, if... If we catered to the grandparents over the kids, we would say that's a not a great family or vice versa, right? Like the whole family, the totality of it is love, supported, and embraced. And I would love for Coastline to be that where there's people feel like every time they come to Coastline, it feels like they're coming to a family reunion. That is what I want uh, more than anything for it. Yeah, I think for me, I would say, you know, we've we've already tagged it with some of our core values, but I would say, you know, a spirit-filled family that's on mission. Yeah. And and let me unpack that just really, really quick. But spirit-filled, you know, just this connection between word and spirit that I keep talking about, um, that that would be part of the experience, that there'd be a high relational value that Sean's already mentioned kind of in that family feel. Um, and that we, you know, would love each other well and have a lot of fun, that there would be, it would be a place where, you know, there's just a lot of laughter and yeah. a lot of joy because we know we're not perfect, but we know we're loved. And so let's go do this thing together. Um, and then just the, the, as we're family being on mission, mm-hmm. right? Like being a place, I really hope that coastline is a place that new life happens, mm. right? That people recognize at coastline that they're not, they're not coming to church because they're a Christian. They're coming to church because it encourages a dynamic relationship with Christ and out of that dynamic relationship, they're living with him and God's doing stuff and people are seeing that. And the, the byproduct of that is people end up at church with them. Um, and 
and people get to know this great relationship we have with Christ. So that's, that's my hope. That's great. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate your time on this busy, busy week. Yeah. As let we, me let me ask you, Hunter. I knew this was gonna this happened last time and I was frustrated with it and oh, really? I was gonna let it happen. What? No, no, oh. no. The question is the, the, what, what the, are you the, hopeful the, for? The wolf guy or the vampire guy? Which one? Oh, for Twilight? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, my whole year has been Twilight. You know this. Shout out to Zimino and some other friends of ours. We watched Twilight movies. I watched them all. Wolf guy or vampire guy? Um uh, yeah, I gotta say, yeah, you have to be team. Team Jacob. Which yeah. one's that? He's the werewolf. Because, oh, okay. Because with a vampire, it's a really raw deal. <laughs> <laughs> you die. You are, are you're bound to this person. Aren't you for just life. meet for both of them. You're just choosing okay. a cow. No. Okay. No. No. Because what werewolves can imprint, which is a different thing. Hey, I was going to ask you, oh. Hunter. Yes, I don't know if you got an opportunity to answer, but what are you hopeful for? As we get ready to launch Coastline, hopeful for um, depth. I'm really hoping to, with the whole family mentality of people feeling like they are welcome and accepted and loved, mm -hmm. then they can feel safe to go deeper, um, to tread in waters that are uncomfortable and scary and ask questions that they didn't feel like they had the permission to ask before. I'm really struck by kind of my generation's like ex-evangelical deconstruction movement. I'm mm -hmm. not in, in that by any means, but as I observe my friends and mm -hmm. my peers going through these things, I realize that there's just this level of permission that I don't feel like a lot of people have. They don't feel like they have the permission to ask certain questions that I, I think scripture and reason and tradition and experience have really good answers for. They just don't feel like they're allowed to ask them. And the more they don't feel like they're allowed to ask, the more shame, the more hiding, the more um, isolation. And then, you know, it's really easy to walk away from a family when you feel like you don't belong. And so I think I'm really excited to encourage our people into depth and safety to ask these big questions and, and be excited about the answer and to sit with people who maybe have different answers and know that we're still family at the end of this, but we we maybe see certain things differently. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. And that is like, I honestly think that's when the body of Christ is at its very best. 100%. Is when you d see something differently than someone, and yet you love them and embrace them enough that you can hear from them and maintain a relationship. Man, that's just like, I love that so much. Yeah, it's the best. That's what I want that so badly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got you to gotta just pursue that, I think. And mm -hmm. I, th I, I love the covenants ideas of like big tent. Mm -hmm non-negotiables. I think we'd all would agree on that. And so that's, that's what I'm really excited for. And I'm excited to do church next to my house by the beach yeah. in St. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be better. Yeah. Anyway, Sunday, it's coming. Sunday. Sunday, we'll Sunday is happening. Four and six, St. Andrews, four and six, not four or six. Sermon's <laughs> a little bit more than halfway done. That's good. I thought you said summer is. I said. No, the sermon's <laughs> almost, it's almost there. Sermons I'm almost yeah. there. So we'll see you guys on Sunday and then uh, every Thursday dropping new episodes of the Coastline Podcast. Super excited. Thank you guys for taking time out of your busy week. Thanks, Hunter, for doing this. And guys, we'll, we'll see you on Sunday. We can't wait. Can't wait.